Okay, people, I hope you are ready. This week's Echo Chamber, it's a two-parter, people, and we're bringing you some big stuff in part two. Part one, it's a, it's a smaller affair, but still packing that punch as we do, people. But as we do every week, let's start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 28th to the 30th of January. So at number 10, still doing its thing, is Encanto from Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and Carissi Castro-Smith. Probably helped by that number one single, you know? Another one that's been around for a little while now is West Side Story from Steven Spielberg, written by Tony Kushner and Arthur Lorette. Uh, at number eight, we've got Clifford the Big Red Dog. This one is from Walt Becker. Our number seven film is Matthew Vaughan's The King's Man, right? Starring Gemma Atherton, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Matthew Good, Ralph Fiennes, Daniel Brew, Stanley Tucci, Tom Hollander, Charles Dance, and more. And this is where it all started for The King's Man. Yeah, no, which then means, people, we have a new film in at number six. It's Parallel Mothers. Okay, so this is from Pedro Almodovar. Right, um, he had a film, remember, in last year's BFI Film Festival, um, which was that short, really kind of crazy experimental thing. Um, so this one stars Penelope Cruz, Rosie Del Palma, um, Atana Sanchez Guillon, um, Miliana Smith. And others. All right, so now we get into our top five. At number five is Nightmare Alley from uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he co writes with King Morgan and William Lindsay Gresham, stars Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, William Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Roni Mara, Ron Perlman, and others. At number four, it is Scream Five. All right, so this is from directors Tyler Gillett and Matt Bethanelli Olpin, uh, written by Kevin Williamson, Guy Buzik, and James Vanderbilt. We've got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, all returning for more slasher horrorness. At number three, 
It's all changed, people, because Spider-Man No Way Home is off the top. But John Watts, you know, closing entry in this trilogy, you know, it's been around. It's made bonkers money, so it's all gravy. So um, this is written by Chris McKenna, Eric Sommers, and we got... Tom Holland backers, Peter Parker, MJ is Zianja. We got Benedict Cumberbunch as Doctor Strange, Teresa Marissa Moore, Marissa Tomei is May Parker, Happy Hogan as John Favreau, J.K. Simmons of course is J. Jonah Jameson, William Defoe again, Norman Osborn, man. The peoples are back, and it's a banger, right? At number two, it is the new Kevin Branagh. It is a Belfast. We looked at it at last year's London Film Festival, starring Judd Hill, uh, Louis McKeskey, uh, Katerina Balfe, Jamie Duran, Judy Dench, Syrian Hines, Josie Walker. You know, so our number one film this week is Gareth Jennings' Sing 2. We have a voice cast containing Matthew Mahonahay, Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson, Tori Kelly, Taron Egerton, Nick Kroll, Gareth Jennings himself, Jennifer Saunders, Chelsea Peretti, Bobby Cavabella, Nick Offerman, Adam Buxman, Eric Andre. Whew, it goes on and on. But people, that is our top 10, right? So before we get to our films, a little festival news, and then let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so horror fans, it is that time of year again. That is right. The 2022 edition of Final Girls Festival is fast approaching. So from the 3rd to the 6th of February, those in Berlin, you can go to the Kino City Wedding Venue. Right, but it's also going to be um virtual as well, right? So I think all the films are geo-locked to Germany, but I think the shorts, I think the shorts you can watch all over the joint, right? So what is Final Girls Berlin? You may ask. Well. It's a film festival that showcases horror cinema that's directed, written, or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. They are committed to creating space for female voices and visions, whether monstrous, heroic, or some messy combination of the two in the horror genre. They've um, seen more than enough representations of women as beautified victims and constructions 
of male fantasies or anxieties and are working towards the primacy of women as subjects and storytellers in horror. The final girl horror trope refers to the last woman standing in a horror film who manages to escape or defeat the film's villain monster. You know, we've seen it in Alien, Halloween, Scream, you know, those sort of things, right? While Final Girl is an ambivalently feminist figure in film criticism, often desexualized and tainted with the male director's moralization and punishment of other female characters' behavior, the festival utilizes this figure as a starting point for carving out space for new and undiscovered positions of power for women in horror, not only in front of, but also behind the camera. So, yeah, there you go. Right, now, what is showing? Well, the festival always has a slew of um, films and shorts, right? So the, um, the shorts schedule that will be happening uh, this festival are, um, are these. Right, so you have got uh, social ills, right? That shorts will be playing on Thursday, the third of February, uh, along with RAF and medical horror. On Friday, the fourth, we get envy. Um. Queen, oh, then on Saturday the 5th is Queer Horror Midnight, and Sunday the 6th of February is a gluttony, menacing presences. Uh, in those blocks, right, so social ills, you get The Goldfish, directed by Ashley Page Brim, She Whistles, Directed by Fereza Kufard. Smile, directed by Joanna Tazinia. Dedication from Selena Sorderman. The Expected from Carolina Sardvik. And a beta male from Marianne Chase. In RAF, you have a Dana. From Lucia Forma Sagara, uh, Menaka from Lilith Halla, Mascara from Marie Sonnet, Medical Horror brings us Occupation Hazard from Ursula Ellis, Freya from Camille Hollet French, They Called Me David from Lindsay Hallam. Hysteria from Jenna Payne, The Living from Cleo Handler. Then on Friday the 4th, Envy, there is Red is the Color of Beauty from Beck Kidbis. Inch Thick Knee Deep from Anastasia Blakey. 
Hanya from Eva Monez, Sister from Michaela Bruce, Girls Night In from Alison Roberts, uh, The Murderers, Murderers Prefer Blondes from uh, Mika Bar on Nesha and Mary Neely. Uh, so there's also Queer Horror, right? On Saturday the 5th, we get Gay Teen Werewolf from Andy Rose Fiddenton. Itch from Savannah Fagoria. Protection Spell from Marin Moreno. Sundown Town from Milo Butler. The Cost of Living from Alice Truman. New Flesh from Old Ceremony from Elizabeth Rakakina. Monster Dyke from Kea Adeya and Meryl Shamil. Um, also, there is Midnight. And we in that block, we have Verified from Ali Chappelle. Arm from Jill Worsley. It Came from the Kitchen from Jessica Salgado. Young Forever from Stevie Sisdrup. Victim Number Six from Nancy Minaj. Posted No Hunting from Elisa Stern. Crafty Witch from Laura Beth Cowley. Death Valley from Grace Sloan. Visitors from Kenishi Ugana. Then Sunday the 6th, in Gluttony, we have a Ghoul Log from Christine Pfizer. Three Ways to Dine from Alison Percy. Demon Juice from Shannon Brown. A binge and Purgatory from Rebecca Kazuk. Misophenia from Juliana Robinson and Such Small Hands from Maria Martinez Bazuna. And in the last block, Menacing Presence, we get Inheritance from Annelise Lockhart, Housekeeping from Kyle Dunbar, Sudden Light from Sophie Lippmann, and cold from Josephine Darcy Hopkins. So we also get some feature films. All right. So um, on Friday, we have Hellbender uh, from Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. We also have Here Before. From Stacy Gregg um, on uh, Sunday, you get Good Madam from Jenna Katu Bass. Uh, this is in Zusha and English with English subtitles, and there's also Knocking which is from Frida Kempf. So, people, 
as you can see, uh, there was a lot. Oh, Saturday. I mean, Saturday's film. Apologies, people. Um, yeah, on Saturday, there is You Are Not My Mother from Kate Dolan. Uh, and I miss Thursday. I'm all over the place. Uh, we got We're All Going to the World's Fair from Jane Schumbrum. So, uh, yeah. As said, people, if you are a horror fan, there is a lot to get excited about in the upcoming Final Girls of Berlin Film Festival. So mark off those days, the 3rd to the 6th of February. Fast approaching, people. So go check out the, um, the website. It's in the episode details. You know what I mean? Check out, mark down those films you want to see, and then you can sit back and get ready for the shivers, the bumps, the gores, all that fun horror brings to you. So, people, Final Girls Berlin Film Festival, it's coming. <laughs> Okay, people, so we start everything off with the new Happy Madison joint over on Netflix, Home Team. Okay, so I thought I would check out Home Team on Netflix, right? Which, <laughs> when, you know what I mean, I started watching it. And I was a bit like, Sean Payton, that's funny. I swear there was a coach called Sean Payton. Huh. What a coincidence. <laughs> and then you were just being like, oh, he seems familiar. This story seems familiar. And we're like, oh, <laughs> it is based on the actual thing. Right? So, um, yeah, it's actually based on um true life events right which um he's curious because i'd have thought you know what i mean like paint and and just the nfl would have been like no but they went with it they went with it which you know all power to a man right so it's written by chris Ty titone and keith bloom it is directed by the brothers Charles and Daniel Kinane. Uh, produced by Jeff Sussman, Jeff Lau, Alan Covert, Kevin Grady, Adam Sandler, and Kevin James. Cinematography is Seamus Tiny. It is edited by Tom Castain. Uh, Brian Robinson and Scott Hill. Rupert Gregson Williams handles the music. Um, and our cast. Well, we have got um, Kevin James. He plays Sean Payton. Uh, now, 
I, I it's just there's I'm watching and thinking I recognize that dude. I think who is that guy? It's Taylor Latiner. He plays Troy Lambert, the um the original coach of uh Peyton's son's Pop Warner team. We have of course we have Rob Schneider in it. Right? Is that Happy Madison affair? So, yeah, we got familiar faces. So, Rob Schneider plays Jamie. That is um, Sean Payton's wife, Beth's new husband. And Beth is played by Jackie Sandler. Uh, we have Tate Bloom. He plays Connor Payton, um, Sean and Beth's son. Gary Valentine. Uh, he plays Mitch by zone, the assistant coach. We've got uh, Maxwell Simpkins. He plays Paulie, one of the um, kids on the team. Chloe Finneman is the intern Emily. That's uh, Sean's assistant at the Saints. Um, Jacob Perez plays Marcus. He's a kid on the team. Brian Tardy plays Dennis, another kid on the team. Harlan, another one, is played by Manny Magnus. Nate, another, is played by Liam Kyle. Uh, Jason, played by Christopher Farah. Brian is played by Merrick Mastrov. Um, they played a team called the Porcupines, and their head coach is played by Isaiah Mustafa. Um, Will is played by Christopher Tyone. Uh, Cindy is played by Ashley D. Kelly. Uh, Lavel Crawford is the bus driver, Gus. Uh, Alan Cover is a referee. Anthony L. Fernandez is Calvin. Jared Sandler is Eric, the hotel clerk, who I was thinking, is that Ryan Long? But he, 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 yeah, not quite Ryan Long, but he does very much remind you of Ryan Long. Uh, Sonny Sandler, isn't it? She plays Brooke. Uh, John Farley is the referee in the championship game. Um, yeah, and we have a uh, actually a guest appearance by Sean Payton himself, which uh, was amusing. So the idea is this. Three years after the New Orleans Saints win Super Bowl forty four. Head coach Sean Payton is suspended from the NFL for one year due to his involvement in the Bounty Gate scandal, which essentially, right, supposedly they paid the players bonuses if they took out opposing teams' players. You know. Uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, I mean, it's not a safe sport, right? It's fun. I watch the NFL, but 
every tackle is CTE, you know? And listen, if this did actually happen, you know, the optics aren't great. But let's be honest, everyone's essentially doing it. You know what I mean? Everyone's essentially doing it. You're, you're, you're telling your players to take out the other team. You're not saying necessarily to injure the other team, but you want them to take them out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's a bit silly. It's all a bit silly. But, yeah, gets suspended. He returns to his hometown and reconnects with his 12-year-old son, Connor by coaching his Pop Warner team in Liberty Christine uh, at Liberty Christine um, in Argyle, Texas, and they are called the Warriors. And at no point in the in the film did we have them, you know, someone standing at the doors going. Warriors, come out and play, yay! Which I just thought was just a drop ball. <laughs> a drop ball. But, um, hey, you know, I, I, I think coming into this, right, you know it is not going to be a revolutionary film, right? You know it's not going to be a contender for the best film Oscar, right? But I enjoyed Here Comes the Boom. I thought that was a lot of fun. So, you know what I mean? I was like, all right, let's do this, man. Let's do it. And, yeah, they, look, you can guess a lot of the things that go down, right? When, um, um, ah, fuck, what's his name again? Dear, oh dear. Uh, fuck, fuck. Um, Jamie. When Jamie brings out the uh, power bars, protein bars, you know what's going to happen. Right, you guess, you guess, but it's fine. Right, there, there's other just silly scenes, and you can be like, I, I, I can see what might happen here, but it, it, you know, it's fine because as a family film, because that's what this is, right? It's an inoffensive family film, you know. It's just about, just over, slightly over an hour and a half, you know? And, yeah, you, you watch it and you think, okay, I know where this is. I know where it's going. And it plays just fine, right? Plays just fine. It's a PG. So you could put your kids in front of it and it's all gravy, but, you know, the, the things it does do, though, right, it, it does give some nice little lessons, right, for, for young kids watching it. 
you know, teach you about the important things in life and all of that. It's always fun, right, to see just a lot of these familiar actors come together because, you know, you, you've watched these films and you'd be like, ah, they are having a blast, right? They are just having a good old time, which, you know, you can't knock it. You can't knock it. And I will say, right, as we got close to the end, you know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen at this one moment. But it still hits you. It still hits you. And you're smiling. And you're like, yes. Go. Go do it, son. Go do it. And, I mean, what else do you want, right? What else? Like, not every film has to be groundbreaking. Not every film has to be, like, the best thing you've ever seen. A lot of times, you just, you just want something to enjoy yourself with, right? Something that can make you giggle and smile, you know, while away the time. Because... You don't walk away from this going, ugh, I just wasted an hour and a half. And there are films where you might walk away and go, I just wasted an hour and a half. And sometimes it's like, where did those two hours go? You feel me? And yeah, you don't do that, right? It's just like, look, this was silly. It was fun. I was down for it. All gravy, baby. All gravy. You know, no one's winning Oscars here. But they had fun, and uh, it tells, right? It tells because what they deliver is fun, right? It's a fun, it's a silly film, you know, based on true events. But they they played with it, man. They they had some, you know, and I I think what they did do, yeah, they they. They didn't make it like it was, you know, ah, he, he got screwed. Like, it wasn't doing that. It was just showing, like, listen, something happens. Make the best of that situation, right? And he reconnected with his kid, which that's always a good thing, right? And you could see the kid needed it. And he learned some things as well, right? So, you know, it, it gave some nice little lessons. Because remember, it's a PG, so little kids will watch it. And, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing to give a few little messages, right? That's what used to happen back in the day, you know? So, yeah, that's what it did. So I, I, I would say it's not as good as Here Comes the Boom, but still enjoyable. Still enjoyable, you know? Um... You know, I kind of put it up there with the Water Boy because to be honest, I didn't love the. I didn't think the Water Boy was the thing, right? I, I, I for Big Daddy, you know, Happy Gilmore, right? I think they're better than the Water Boy, and yeah, I, I would say I put that there. So if you enjoy the Water Boy, then I think you will enjoy Home Team, right? It's on Netflix. So, yeah, you can watch it whenever your little heart desires, people. 
So if you want something fun, you want to occupy some irritating kids, then, you know, I don't think you'll go wrong with home team. Don't let your kids watch any given Sunday because that ain't for them. <laughs> it's about American football, but trust me, that ain't for them. But home team is, all right, in Okay, people, let's end things with this really interesting new indie. It is the one went the waning mayor. Okay, so I feel sometimes you watch something and you're kind of left once it's done, right? You are kind of left hypnotized. And not in the way where you see something that is so good, you are just like, damn. It, it, it's in a way where sometimes you see something and it captivates you, but you you can't quite put your finger on why, right? You don't really know what you just watched. There are threads flailing in the wind, but for some reason it doesn't make any, it doesn't matter, right? You, you're not frustrated. Yeah, that's the wanting mayor. <laughs> that is the wanting mayor, people. It is the feature debut from Nicholas Ash Bateman. So he's worked on, you know, music videos for uh, John Misty. He, I think he did cinematography um, for the Green Man, right, that hit last year. So he's been around, but yeah, this is his first feature. He wrote it as well. Um, it is... Produced by um, Bateman, along with Shayab Iqbal, um, Zach Schaffer, Jeff Walker, David A. Ross, And it is co-produced with Cassandra Louise Baker, Ger Condes, Peter Katz, Mobisha Khan, Jordan Monahan, Vitan Teller, George Vargas, with Jehad Zedan. Shan Zeb, Blund Zaman, Matthew T. Welsh, Noah J. Kim, Salahadal Kahil, Lawrence Ingley, Richie Hatz, Gideon Kofi, Robert Brennan, Ibrahim Alisk, 
and Mohammed Abadullah, executive producing, and Laurie Cummings, Clayton Ledieu, and Lisa Watt as associate producers. Aaron Budo handles the music. David A. Ross does the cinematography. Bateman also edits the film. Um, Monaghan and Charlotte Shirko handle the casting. Cassandra Louise Baker is production design. Duncan Blind Betul is the art direction. Jeremy Sellenfriend handles special effects and makeup. Um, Jeff Walker, production management. Uh, Richard S. Ormsby is on the second unit. Art is from Jeremy Domachel and Amy Munez. Sound is Jalen Thompson and Ben Watt. Bateman, Condes, and Chauffeur are on um, visual effects. Gina Jacobson is stunts. And our cast. The cast is crazy because there's a lot of people and we don't necessarily get names. <laughs> I mean, we don't really get names a lot of the time in the film. But we have Irif who is played by Yasmin Keshka. Um, she plays a younger iteration of Yurif. We get um, Maxine Musto, who plays another iteration of Yurif. Um, and Alua David is a very young Yurif. We have got Moira. Right, who is played by Jordan Monaghan. Um, we have also got the older Moira, played by Christine Kellogg-Darin. And a, a, a younger Moira, played by Ashley Nutt. Um, Moira's got a sister called Catty, who is also the narrator. She is played by Kate Lynchill. Um, there is oh Lawrence, right? Who is played by what? Well, the older Lawrence is played by Josh Clark. Um, gosh, there is a younger Lawrence up in the spot. Um, the Younger Lawrence is played by um, ah, yes, Nicholas Ash Bateman plays the younger Lawrence. That's the one. Um, Hayden is played by Edmund Kofi. Um, ooh, who else is there of oh, no? Um, I, I mean, there are, 
yeah, as I said, there's a lot of people up in the spot. But um yeah, <laughs> it's like hmm, we got Amin, who's played by who's played by Megan Magari, uh Rylant, who's played by Anthony Perillo. Um yeah, I'd say they're the they're the main ones. Uh the gist of the film is this in the world of Anmar Anmar lies the city of Witherin. We're told that wild horses are the city's most valuable export, and so they hunt, trap, sell, and ship them once a year across the sea to the continent of Leviathan. While Witherin is a world of eternal and unrelenting heat, Leviathan is in a constant state of winter. Each year, when the horses are shipped off to Leviathan, the ship will also take passengers who have tickets. Unfortunately, the tickets are not only an incredibly rare commodity, but they are also highly coveted. So, um, yeah, that's a big thing, right? People, it's that kind of quest for a better future right and that's having a ticket being able to go to leviathan because you know the streets are paved with gold i mean that's not what they say but that's the thing right the grass is always greener on the other side there is this belief that you can have a better life there so people want these tickets now we open up with, um, you know, basically we get some text on the screen that tells us about the horses and the ship and all of this and the tickets, right? We then see a woman giving birth, right? She's holding this baby, like, um, you know, the midwife comes and takes the baby. Then we jump, right? And we have Moira. We don't get names at this point, but we kind of figure out, oh, this must be the baby grown up, right? And she goes to this club. Oh, now the, the, so there's one big thing, right? So the mother whispers to the baby. She's just like, you will have dreams every night, but you can't tell anyone. And that seems a bit like, huh? What? But yeah, we jump forward. And Moira, she... Yeah, she goes to this place all the time and sings, right? Sings and kind of dances and that's her, that's her jam. And, like, it, it's, you wonder what's happening and what the situation is because we just hear someone say, Moira, you, it's time to go. I'm shutting up. So she's like, okay. And then a few seconds later, we hear gunshots. She races out the back, and there's a guy, he's being shot, he's got a gun, but, you know, she goes to help him, takes him back to hers, right, this is Lawrence, young Lawrence, and we we get this kind of thing, you know, it's, she's helping him, but I think there's this realization that he he could get her in the ship, right? And so that's the bargaining thing. Hey, 
I'll let you go, you give me a ticket. But then it's kind of like he was never really a prisoner in the first place. He thought he was, you know, I mean, she just was like, eh. But they kind of form this bond. And, you know, things go in places, you know, I think you can probably imagine, right? But during this time, we're not getting any real history, right? Understanding of who these people are, what's going on, right? None of it. And, you know, things happen, right? But one day he comes back with a kid. And it's funny because we see this kid in these visions and then suddenly he's got a kid and he gives it to her. And then we jump forward, like, I think it's 34 years, right? So you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and again, we see a young girl, again, dancing, again, with visions. and she, But she's got a horse, right? And you're like, oh, she must be the baby, <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's this weird thing of, like, these things happening and, and you're thinking, wait, but what happened to these people who we were just with? Where, where did they go? Right? And, uh, like, at times, you're a little frustrated because you're just like, but what about, what, come on, what happened with that? There was something there. What happened? And you know, we're then following these other people, right? And this uh, this new lady, you know, she she kind of so I think this is Erith, right? And she um, connects with uh, Hayden. Right, because we but we see Hayden kind of you know like um get tickets, right? It looks like he's running some sort of gang or something, but again, there's not really a lot of detail. You don't fully know. But he he has tickets and right, we then see him with if and so we have these these things happen, these kind of repeating circles, but with slightly different flavors, you know? Things get kind of alluded to, but not quite, right? We get, you know, word of commodities and things and stuff, but again, just breadcrumbs, just breadcrumbs. But people, you're kind of transfixed by it all, right? You are sucked into this world. I mean, the film looks stunning. It looks stunning. It kind of reminded me of that film, The Cell. Remember that film um, with Jennifer? Uh... Is it Jennifer Lopez? Or it might be Penelope Cruz. I forget. 
but it was that crazy film from i think again he was i think it was something sing right and he he i believe he was a cinematographer that was his first film and it was like visually stunning didn't really make any sense and there's there's things of that that kind of reflect with this right the, the wanting mayor you kind of there, there is a similarity, but there is more of a through line with this film, right? I, I, I enjoy this a lot more. And I think because although we don't get a load of depth in these characters, you are drawn to them. Right, you do form attachments with them, you do like them, you're intrigued by them, you want to know more, you feel for them, right? And and that's a huge thing. C creating that connectivity with what's happening on the screen, right? There's sometimes, and we learn so much about people but you just don't care, you know what I mean? So for Bateman to be able to do this, even though we are scratching our heads, like, uh, what happened here? What? That's crazy. That's fascinating, you know? So we have this, and yeah, I... Man, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was just like, yo, where, what's happening? Where is this going? What? Ah, and, you, you know, you're like, no, you can't do that. Or what? Oh, my days. And, you know, towards the end, when this other stuff, you know, gets revealed, you're just like, oh, okay. Yes. Awesome. Right? You you are sucked in. You are really sucked in. You know, there is this great use of light. It, it is dark in places, but, you know, we have, like, shadow and reflections and, you know, the, these kind of not quite neon lights, but it's just different form of lighting in some of the rooms and everything like that, which really creates this you know, ambiance, this atmosphere, you know, these different kind of tapestries. And we get, again, there are still more leaps in time that happen. But, like, as the film does go on, the threads become closer, more intertwined together. And we can see the connective tissue more people it is a you know it, it, it's like you play chess right and you you know the moves you understand okay my pawns move like this and my king is like this but then you realize there's chess masters <laughs> you know what I mean and it's just like what you thought was playing chess ain't shit to them and it's like knowing story, 
you know, night fantasy, sci-fi, all of these things. And then a motherfucking chess master comes and, and, and shows you this new board and you're like, what? But I need to know more. I'm intrigued. Teach me. Right. That is what the wanting mayor kind of is. Right. You're watching a chess master do their thing and you're just transfixed to watching, understanding a certain amount. Right. But some of it is going over your head, but you're intrigued. It's fascinating to you. You know, so, um, yeah, people. You can rent it or buy it from Monday, the 7th of February, you know? Um, yeah, I am, you know, ah, I, I'm just really pleased I got to see this film, you know? It is, yeah. Really good, like which finder um kind of handled the distribution and yeah man I, I am just so grateful that they hit me up about this because yeah this this it is something else and I am very intrigued to see what Bateman does next. Like these performances, you know, again, although we don't learn a lot, but everyone gives us this portal into these characters' souls. You know, they give you these deft little touches, these looks, these movements, and everything is a layer, right? It, it's a little peek into these characters, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating, people. The wanting mayor. People, I definitely feel if you like these intriguing stories, these, the, these things that flitter just out of your grasp, right? If, if that's your thing, then I think you want to give this one a look, okay? So, mark it down to 7th of February. Rent or buy from your favorite VODs, people, the wanting mayor. Hey, people, so we are drawing to a close on another one. But before we bounce, let's take a look at what's happening in the world of films. So this has been talked about for a while, but it does seem that um, a date has been set for um, production to start on Den of Thieves 2, Pantera. So they're shooting in France and Serbia in the spring. Um, yeah, and again, Jared Butler is back. Um, so is O'Shea Jackson Jr. You know, um, yeah, it is, um, being written and directed by Christian uh, 
Gugagast, um, Meadow Williams, and Swen Emil will also return. Okay, so um, a little bit of a casting news. Right, so um, yeah, we have got Heart of Stone, which is coming to Netflix, and it's from director Tom Harper, written by Greg Rucker and Alison Schroeder. Uh, it is being produced by Gal Gadot, David Ellison, Dana Goldberg. Don Granger, Bonnie Curtis, Jaron Barassano, and Julie Lynn. And the film will be starring Jamie Duran and Girl Gadot as international spies. But no more of the story is kind of out there. Uh, Corelli Bagarat has a new thriller coming called The Substance. And uh, it looks like it's going to be starring Demi Moore and Margaret Welly. Right, so um, Fugaret also wrote the script. She's going to be producing it with Eric Vilner and Tim Bevan. Right, um, not a lot of plot details are out. They're just saying it is an explosive feminist take on body horror. So that might be someone eating cake and thinking they're getting fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Rebecca Len Quezis is making her directorial debut with Hot Milk. So this is an adaptation of a book of the same name from Deborah Levy. It follows a mother and daughter who travel to a Spanish clinic in Almeria in the hope of finding a cure for the older woman's paralysis. Um, and the film will be starring Vicky Cripps as the mother, um, Jesse Buckley as the daughter, and we're also having Fiona Shaw in the piece, but um, yeah, no real, um, no, Shaw is playing the mother, my bad. Um, yeah, we don't know Cripps. Um, really is other than an enigmatic traveler. That's all we know. So um, a little other bit of info. We are getting an English adaptation of a Spanish film called Champions, right? Um, it's going to be starring Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olson, Chichi Marin, uh, Matt Cook, and um, you know, behind the camera is Bobby Farrelly, right? So, um, the story follows a minor league basketball coach who is forced to do community service and decides to help coach a special Olympics team. Uh, also, people. 
Um, Daniel Kukatashili has a new supernatural horror coming called Starve Acre. Right, it is um, starring Matt Smith and Morfred um, Clark. Right, it is based on a book by Andrew Michael Hurley, and it uh, looks and explores the inherited trauma and loss within a world ruled by supernatural folklore. So, uh, yes, and there we go with all of that. Um, it looks like we're getting another iteration of The Color Purple. All right, so this is from um, Blitz Bazoelli, right? Um, and Taji P. Henson is going to be uh, playing Shook. Avery in this new piece. We also will be getting um who else is uh, I've got the um yes here we go Corey Hawkins right he's gonna be playing Harpo and her is gonna be playing Squeak Right, so um, Marcus Gardley is writing this new adaptation, um, and we're getting Steven Spielberg, Scott Sanders, Quincy Jones, and Oprah, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey directing it. Okay, so... Um, Da, da, da. We are getting another uh, crazy film, right? Which um, kind of a, a hit person escapade. Uh, I think they're saying it's along the lines of um, True Lies, okay? Uh, and it's it's getting called a happy ending, okay? Uh, the story follows a hit woman who wants out of the assassin business and tells her business partner that she's ending their professional relationship, their personal relationship as well. But she comes to realize she doesn't want to end that part of their bond in order to survive the breakup and their last job together. They must join forces with, for one last night out. It is going to be starring Anthony Mac, Anthony Mackey, and Prakana Chopra Jones. So, oh, it's happy. It's not called happy endings. It's called ending things. Yeah, right. There we go. Okay, so um, yeah, we're getting a a, a film about Jim Jones. And I'm not talking about the dipset rapper. I'm talking about the fucking cult leader, people. Yes, yeah, the film is going to be called White Knight. Um, and it is... Um, oh, gosh, who's directing it? 
we have that information? Um, yes, and Swestiski, right? She's going to be directing it. Um, and it's an adaptation of um, the memoirs of. Uh, who's it? The memoirs of. Um, I think it's Deborah Layton. Yes, Deborah Layton. That's the name. Um, yeah, which was supposedly best-selling, um, and it was called Seductive Poison. So William Wheeler is on board for the script, and people, we have got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's on board to play Jim Jones, and Chloe Grace Moretz is going to be playing Deborah Layton. All right, so... Um, Basically, right, Jones was a Christian minister and a mass murderer who set up his own remote jungle commune in Jonestown, Guyana. He attracted a thousand of followers to live there with him, calling it a socialist paradise free from the oppression of the United States government. When the U.S. Democratic Rep. Leo Ryan investigated of his own violation in 1978, he and several followers trying to flee with him were gunned down whilst boarding a return flight. Soon after, Jones ordered and likely coerced a mass murder-suicide that claimed the lives of 918 commune members, 304 of them being children. Yeah, this, this is why, where the phrase... Um, uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid? I think that's where that came from, right? But it wasn't actually Kool-Aid that they drank, right? It was just a similar thing. But, uh, yeah, this is always just an intriguing fucking story because you wonder how the fuck did it happen? So, I mean, definitely, uh, yeah, interesting to see how they bring that to life. So, look. We have been hearing about Chris McKay's Renfold for Renfield even for a while. The cast is kind of crazy, right? We got Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage on board, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, we, we got someone else joining this very glittering cast, you know, so, um, show Hera Aghadishalu, um, she's joining, right, now, you might recognize the name, because she played, um, President Adesanya in the ex Bands. So, uh, yeah, there you go, people. It is, um, yeah, crazy. She In this, she's playing Ella, a bold woman who is one of the most feared crime lords in the city. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, now, 
Scream 5 has done extremely well, right? Made over a million dollars worldwide. So, what do you think happens next? Of course, Scream 6. And that has been officially green-lighted by Paramount and Spyglass. So much so, it's going to be shot this summer. Yeah. Which, um, you know, kind of crazy. Who knows if, um, you know, the idea was already there for a sit film or will they be scrambling to pull this together? I don't know, people. I do not know. But... What I do know is, let's end on this piece of news, right? So, with Spider-Man No Way Home just kicking ass at the box office, Sony, you know, I think they definitely want to um, really bring their Spider-Verse to life, right? We're already getting um, Morbius, but uh, yeah. We are also getting Madam Web. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now Dakota Johnson looks to be the one who is going to be playing old Web herself, right? Um, and it's going to be directed by S.J. Clarkson. Okay, so um, yeah. Madam Web is a clairvoyant mutant who specializes in predicting the future of spider-themed superheroes and is usually depicted as a blind, paralyzed old woman surrounded by a web-like machine necessary to keep her alive. Bum, 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 bum. She predicted that spider totem and other things such as that. So Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless are writing the script. And um, yeah, there you go. So we're getting this, as I said, Morbius. And I believe there's Craven the um, Hunter. So uh, yes, yeah, Sony. You know, looking to do things, and let's see if they can be successful with all of this. But, people, that is us for part one. But remember, remember, we have part two, and you do not want to miss this history in the making for the podcast. So, people, see you there.